A legendary name in hardcore supplementation. Iron Mag Labs. 100% original, patent-pending Andro Compound. The most effective, hardcore, groundbreaking, bodybuilding supplements in the world. In the world. Iron Mag Labs. Revolutionizing hardcore supplementation for more than a decade. Visit IronMagLabs.com. IronMagLabs.com. Welcome back to Central Bodybuilding. I'm your host, Jeff Roberts, and I'm here as always with my co-host, buried in snow, literally, Matt Wyke. What's going on, Matt? <laughs> What's going on, Jeff? Yes, I'm I'm battling the snow, as are you, and, and battling, I don't know what this is. It's either the flu. My wife thinks it's the flu. I West said Nile. I'm dying. And yeah, it's it's something. The plague, uh, SARS. I I don't know. I don't know. I keep telling her that I'm dying. So it's somewhere between death and the flu. But uh, it's it, it was funny. I was out snow blowing this morning. Um, for those of you who who don't know the the East Coast, <laughs> big shocker. We just got a a huge snowstorm, and you know it, it hit us first, and then it made its way up to to Jeff's neck of the woods in New York. And, and we probably got, I'd say, maybe 18 inches here where I live. And, you know, I'm not feeling good. I'm, I'm achy. I'm sore. I'm tired. Uh, I mean, last night it seemed like I was throwing up for 10 minutes straight. I'm, I'm like gasping for air in between. And uh, so I woke up this morning knowing full well that, that we were going to have snow. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to suck. So my wife is like, well, show me how to use the snowblower. I'm like, eh, no, we're not going to do that. I'm not going to take you to the hospital. So I went out. I'm snowblowing. Meanwhile, I'm like making one pass, like going, like, don't do it. Hold it down, Matt. I'm like, oh, God, I just got to finish this. And I mean, obviously, you haven't seen um, my house. We have a a huge driveway. And and it, it just took forever to do. And I kept telling myself, like, don't throw up. Don't throw up. Don't throw up. And meanwhile, I'm like shuffling because I'm so exhausted. But uh, but it, it was good. And luckily, I came back in here. I laid down for a little bit, got up, uh, did some work in the office, recorded a podcast, did a couple articles, edited a few. And uh, while I was in here, I heard a snowblower and I'm going, who's that? So one of my neighbors must have found out that I wasn't feeling well. So he came back to do a second pass once we got like another five inches or whatever. So he came and did it for me. So I sent him a text. I'm like, dude, you're a savior. I'm like, if I had to go out and like dry heave or throw up all over the snow again, I'm like, it's it's just gonna be bad. So, uh, but but you guys got hammered as well. You said that this is like what the the worst that you've seen it snow up there. Oh, by a mile. Um, it's not even close. But I will say, um. This is one of those infrequent moments where my $850 a month rent is feels worth it, you know? Because you there got you Matt go. over there, sick as a dog, having to, you know, blow... And everything you're saying is, is 
my whole life until I was 23 and I moved out of my parents' house or 22. And that was how we we lived in the country, big, long driveway. Uh, A day like today would have meant lots of snow blowing, lots of shoveling. uh, And that was every single year of my life. And this was up north. So this type of weather was more, more common. This is not common anywhere in the U.S. I don't think you would call this common. It's that bad. But, you know. It's like, uh, but now I'm just, you know, sitting inside, not having to do anything because they're they're clearing it as we speak with their trucks and and shit. So, um, yeah, that's I'm, that's nice. I'm kind of living the cush life right now compared to Matt, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's insane. I mean, to give people an idea, right now, starting at 6 p.m. until 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, there's a a travel ban, meaning it's. I'm pretty sure that means it's illegal to to use the roads. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's pretty insane in upstate New York uh, where we are accustomed to snow. Um, I mean, they, they were saying at one point at our maximum snowfall rate today, we were getting seven inches per hour of snow. Um, it's, it, it's crazy. And I, I was telling you, Matt, when I got off the, or when we were, before we got on the air, if you look out my office window right now, um, I can see the parking lot to the apartments that we live in. And there's probably a good 15 cars out there. Or so it's a, you know, fairly uh, large parking lot. And there's enough snow so that you cannot see any piece of any car. It just looks like, <laughs> it just looks like, you know, mo- like mounds of snow, but they're not shaped like cars. It, it, it's literally. There's no sign of any car or anything. There's that much snow. It's completely covered. So uh, pretty insane. But luckily I didn't have to work today. Uh, I do have to work tomorrow. We'll see if they, if they even open because, I mean, we have here, we have hospitals closed, churches are closed, randoms, the mall is closed, random stores that, like, like retail establishments don't close for snowstorms. That's not a thing, you know. This one's bad enough so that they are closing um, it's, it's, it's nuts, but, uh, it's, so how does that work? And, and you might not even know this. Um, you mentioned that hospitals are closed. I know that, that, that actually has happened around here as well, but it, it just dawned on me, like what takes place then? So if a hospital closes, obviously visitors and the public cannot go in, but uh, I'm assuming nurses and doctors have to report, correct? I'm sure there's some sort of uh, or the I mean, people that I don't, are there. I don't think, yeah, I don't think a stay. hospital. I don't think a hospital can close. I think um, I know that here the urgent uh, the local urgent care is closed and all that. But there there must be some sort of net where you because you can't. I mean, a hospital is like a nursing home almost. You can't just shut her down you know it's like hey hey buddy sorry you're dying but uh yeah yeah i gotta go home (laughs) yeah i mean so i think there's probably some sort there's probably it's kind of like i like it to being when you're a retail manager one of the worst things is that on on the bad snowstorms when it's when there's a foot of snow overnight or two feet and none of your employees can make it in the store has to open and that's on you you as the manager you gotta get there somehow and you have to, because it's it's it doesn't really affect them, because you're the one who's running the show. So probably whoever, one of the highest doctors or whatever, probably has to show up there and make sure 
you have just enough people to keep things in working order. That's probably what happens. It, it goes yeah, to the I mean, people need medicine and right. probably you know bandages changed. And, yeah, and all that they need to be monitored. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh. there's probably there's probably some emergency protocol they go into to make sure everyone gets uh, at least sufficient treatment. But I would hope if anybody if anybody knows the answer to that, leave it in the the comments either on you know ironmagazine.com or social media when you see this posted let us know i'm curious about that i'll try and google it as well yeah likewise um so yeah that's the that's the weather right over here it's uh what are they calling it storm uh i don't know i call it shitty whatever it is they named the storm after uh stella is it stella oh yes yes you're right stella yeah storm stella i just thought they were a bunch of alcoholics I never understood naming the storms. I always thought it always, even when I was a little kid, it came off as like disrespectful to me. Like, so a hurricane comes in and kills like a thousand people and people's family die and everything. And then like, you give it a name like hurricane Andrew, like, I don't know. Something about that just to me seems like giving it a name is like just making it more gruesome. I don't know. I, that's, I, I've always thought that was a strange, uh, thing that we did but a lot of yeah, I, I think i, I don't, don't get that i think a lot of things we do are strange so i guess it's not <laughs> surprising but um so a, a a piece of very very bad news in the bodybuilding industry i mean apparently i don't know if do we know for sure that this this uh, george farrah news is true yeah i i watched his instagram video where he was training one of his clients and and he said that he just he had to tell everybody what was going on that he had some bad news, and uh, apparently and I'm not sure how long he's been battling it if he just found out or if it's been going on for a while, but apparently George Farah has colon cancer. They're saying it's stage four. Um, I don't believe he said that in the video, from what I remember and from what I understood him saying. But I mean, regardless, you know, he has colon cancer. He seems to be in in good spirits that he's going to fight it. He's going to beat it. Uh, But, I mean, as we all know with with friends and loved ones who have battled cancer, uh, it's it's a tough battle and and a a fight that, you know, nobody should really have to go through. But he seems to be, you know, in in good spirits. He's going to give it the old uh, left and right punch, maybe an uppercut or two. But, you know, we wish him the best. Uh, Definitely some sad news in, in the bodybuilding industry. Yeah, it really is. Um, I'm actually trying to pull up his Instagram right now because I know uh, I know he has the kidney issues from being shot or whatever. Uh, and I, I think I was under the assumption that he was having kidney problems, and I think they even mentioned it on RX about how when because when you're on like you know when you're on a borrowed kidney essentially. You never know when it's – you never know when it, it's going to go bad, you know. It's not your right. – it, like especially if it's a transplant, it's not your kidney. So at any point, pretty much, it can it can be – it can be – the whole thing can be botched. So I was under the impression it was one of those situations where he needs a new kidney. Maybe he's waiting for a new kidney um, and it's, you know, becoming difficult with his – you know, the, the, his kidney is essentially failing him. But this is a yeah. totally separate issue, um, I would assume. It is. It is. I mean, he 
he posted the video and then obviously he has the caption underneath the video and and I'll read exactly what what he said so you guys all know um it says yes I do have bad cancer I've been beating death before I can't afford to lose I have many people relying on me and thanks to you my fans slash family for help making me the man I am today. Love you all. I will keep you posted on the good and the bad and the ugly. So hopefully after I beat that thing, I can help many people around the world. Life goes on. I'm still helping many great athletes to achieve their dreams, to become reality. Stay posted. Thank you and God bless. Huh. Crazy. Yeah, you can see he he, he looks like you know, there's something wrong. It's 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 obvious how like he he's uh because George was a people may not know, but George was a very good bodybuilder. Uh, he placed something like how high did he place at the Olympia? High. I mean, he only weighed 200 pounds probably. Uh, and he he placed. I don't think he ever placed top 10, but he got very close. He was 11th or 12th one year uh maybe a couple years he was that high and you're talking about a guy who like i said was a 212 class uh size guy and coming back from elements and stuff so and i think the crazy thing is even up until a couple years ago he was jacked i mean huge arms you know it was all there i mean he was diesel and yeah and now it's like he almost looks like a a regular you know a regular 55 year old dude or however old he is, you know, he doesn't really look, there's a little bit there in the arms, but the rest of him is completely deteriorated. It looks like, and you know, when that happens, it's usually not like he had just stopped training. You know, that doesn't, that's not how this guy has been jacked for 30 years. Probably. It doesn't just melt off you like that unless something is seriously wrong. So, and, um, and you know, what sucks. And, and this goes for, you know, uh, tons of people, not just George, that you have all of these people who they do the right things. They they eat the right foods. They have a very clean diet. They exercise regularly. And then they get cancer. And it's one of those things that you look at them and, you know, you obviously don't say this to them. But it almost makes you think, like, what the hell? Like, this dude is doing everything possible to stay healthy. He eats the right foods. It's not like he's a boozer or he's into drugs or he's eating a whole bunch of, you know, junk or he's smoking or, or doing anything like that. He exercises more than 90% of the population of the United States. And, and you look and you're like, what the hell? And he, I mean, it just goes to show that anything can happen in your life, you know, not to take things for granted, but even when you're trying to do everything right, shit happens. And, you know, obviously we all have to deal with it. We all have to try and overcome it and, and, and fight the good fight but it it just sucks that you know you have somebody who dedicated their entire life to not only bettering their health, their fitness, their life, you know, but everybody else around them, you know, training thousands of of clients across the globe, and and to see George going through this is just it's terrible. Yep, definitely, and I think, I mean, it's hard to say whether or not it's connected to his past traumas that he's been through i mean he was shot in the stomach and i mean he was dead essentially i mean if 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 the story is true i mean it, it was a 
one of one of the craziest stories I've ever read in bodybuilding, maybe the craziest. I mean, his his stomach was shot open literally, and there was like he said that he had eaten steak, he had steak and um diet soda, like diet coke, was his, the meal he ate before this it happened, and he could it was like you could smell it and see it like pouring out of his stomach in the front. And wow. and, and and so like, you know, and they said he was uh, declared dead on several occasions on the way to the hospital and stuff. So I don't know if there's something, if something is interconnected there or caused that, or it's something to do with bodybuilding, uh, which is super unlikely because we don't see cancer that much in bodybuilding. You know, um, we see other issues that guys die of heart attacks and kidney and, and stuff like that. But cancer is not really something we see in bodybuilding. Um, very much. So, I mean, like you said, it's, it's a lot of it is genetic predisposition. We also don't know. I mean, both his parents could have died of cancer. We don't know that either. So it could be environmental. I mean, it it could be a lot of stuff. I mean, either way, it's not justified that, you know, George did something, you know, potentially wrong that, that caused this. It, It could have been a whole bunch of different factors that are, are completely unrelated to anything that he's done in, in his life. Right, definitely. And you could also argue that maybe if had he not lived the life he did, he may have got cancer at 35, you know? Yeah. Maybe he prolonged true. his life 20 years. You don't know. You can't I mean, so I, when people start saying things like he was so healthy but he still got cancer, it's like, yeah, but you don't know, like you can't I I don't I mean to me it sounds a little bit like we may as all we may well as all just smoke and eat candy. It's like, well, it's not really like that because you don't really know. It's all kind of up in the air so um. yeah he could have had this for i mean you you probably just hit the nail on the head he might have had this for a very long time and it was so small that it really didn't take effect you know to have him notice that something was potentially wrong i mean because as you know bodybuilders we're not big sugar junkies we're we're not eating candy and chocolate and ice cream okay maybe ice cream but you know the (laughs) sodas and and all the other stuff that you know, cancer feeds off of. I mean, we all know that cancer cells feed off of sugar. I mean, if you want to increase the the growth rate of, of a cancer cell, go ahead and just give it sugar. So I, I highly doubt that George's diet is high in sugar. So it, it could have just been a gradual process until it finally, you know, got large enough or, or spread or, or however his cancer um, it was formed that it, it just finally got to a point where he, he, there was nothing else that he could do to prevent it yeah, or slow it down. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Uh, either way, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm no cancer expert, so I don't know what the um, – <clears throat> I mean, I don't, I don't really know the severity of uh, stage four uh, prostate cancer. I know, I know that it is very severe, but I don't know the – you know, the life expectancy for those types of patients and stuff. I really don't know the numbers, but it sounds like from what I do know about cancer, it sounds like it's, I mean, that just, it just sounds terrible. You know, it sounds like one of those things where it's like, oh, like, uh, you know, I don't know. It sounds very bad, but like I said, I don't know. I don't know if that's something where you can, there, there's some sort of surgery that can be done that can save them or whatever. I really don't know. Uh, yeah, but... I'm looking at it now, and I'm not going to say what the survival rate is because I don't, I don't even like 
thinking about that. Um, but it, it looks like there there is treatment options, and I'm assuming he's going to be doing that for for the colon cancer. But I mean, this this is not something to be taken lightly, especially if it is stage four, like what they're saying. Um, it, it's the severity is pretty extreme. So I'm hoping that they can, you know, get in there quickly, do what they need to do and, and take care of it. Yep. So yeah, best wish, best wishes to George, obviously. Uh, it's, uh, whether you like him or hate him, there's something to be said for his impact on the industry. Um, good, bad, and different doesn't matter. George was like a, in our small niche community, George is like a, I mean, he's like a, he's almost like, you know, in WWE where you have the guy that nobody really likes, but everyone lo- lo- like actually loves him. You know, it's, it's like the, 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 the guy who, I don't know. There's always, there's, I don't know. He, he's just like a pivotal character in our industry. He, he comes up so much. He does so much. He is involved with so many people that. Um, he's a pivotal, you know, he's a pivotal part of the industry. So, uh, yeah, he's been around forever. Yeah. And he's done everything pretty I mean, he's competed at a high level and everything else. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's one thing just to be a coach and, and call yourself a guru, but you know, to come up as a bodybuilder, you know, retire from the sport, so to speak, but then to get back into it as a coach, you know, I, I tip my hat to him. It's exactly what you said. People will love him. People will hate him, uh, you know, based off of his his coaching. But at the end of the day, he's still a human being. He's done a lot of good for the industry. And, you know, I don't think anybody here is is going to say that he, he shouldn't get well. I think everyone has well wishes for, for George right now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, after all, he is uh, one of us. One of us yeah. uh, weirdos. But, uh, yeah, our next topic, we just wanted to touch on the Brandon Curry win in New Zealand, the New Zealand Pro. Uh, in case a, you didn't know there was another show because nobody covered it. Yeah, kind of a good news, bad <laughs> news, just because th- this guy. So Brandon Curry comes out, went, went to the to Kuwait to train with the Camel Crew. He was releasing pictures that were insane. I mean, just looking crazy. Um, and we all knew Brandon had this in him, just never capitalized on it. And he went over there, came back, competed at the New Zealand Pro, and beats Dallas McCarver, who someone argue was a close second to Cedric at the Arnold. I disagree. I think Cedric was a runaway um, over Dallas McCarver. But Dallas McCarver, nonetheless, he was second at the Arnold. Um, second at the Arnold generally means you are looking at squeaking into the top 10, at least at the, at the Olympia. Um, if you wanted to like go through the history of it and see where the second place finishes at the Arnold place, I mean, it's anywhere from, you know, probably second to, you know, down. So that's a very high placing. Um, he comes here, he comes to New Zealand, smaller, leaner. Uh, and loses to Brandon Curry, which is Brandon Curry is not. I mean, at his best he's good, but he's rarely his best. And the, he one year he was eighth at the Olympia. People forget that. I think it was 2012 
He was seventh or eighth. He was crazy. And then he, he literally went overseas three months later and got beat by no names after being seventh, seventh at the Olympia. That's the type of competitor Brandon Curry is, or maybe was. Uh, and it, 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 for, for him to come here and beat Dallas is such a huge thing because how often do we see a guy and we're like, man, if he could just do this, he would beat everybody. If he could just do this, he would beat everybody. It's so – it's like Lionel Bacchi or uh, – there are just a lot of names like that. You could even throw Troy Elves or Melvin Anthony in there where guys who are so genetically gifted, but they never really put it together. Um, and we, we watch Brandon be one of those guys for years and years and years. And pretty much, I mean, let's be honest, pretty much everyone had given up on Brandon Curry. He came, he turned pro, he signed with BSN, he took two years off and came back 10% better. And then he never, he just never really got it together. And, uh, Suddenly, in, in in a matter of like half a year, if that, he's he's totally put it together. He comes in ripped, round, full, great shape. I mean, he looked like. I mean, he he kind of looked like Phil Heath earlier in his career. He kind of looked yeah. like a 2011 Phil Heath. But obviously, I mean, obviously, 2011 Phil Heath would destroy this Brandon Curry. It would not be a good contest. But he had that sort of, if you had to compare him to someone else, that that really billowy muscle, giant arms, tight waist. I mean, he he looked he looked crazy and for us not to be able to see it cuz in bodybuilding that's one of what's that's very high on the list of most exciting things that can happen in bodybuilding. When you have a guy who goes year after year after year and can, can never do what we think, do what we all want him to do. We're all waiting and waiting and waiting. And it gets to the point where we're done waiting. We don't even care anymore. And all of a sudden, wham, he does it. He does what we want him to do and what we've been anticipating he'll do. And we can't even see it because there's not one single bodybuilding photographer there. I mean, that's, that's just, and especially for Brandon, like that really sucks. I mean, he came back and he proved everyone wrong, everyone. And now he's like a easily a top six contender at the Olympia. Easily, I mean, if you put him next to Dexter Jackson, who wins? That's that's a that's a good matchup. And Dexter's right in the mix, third, second, you know. So I just think it, it really it's really awesome for Brandon and for bodybuilding. Like I love this. This is awesome. Um, and I, I have even more faith in 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 the Kuwait situation now. I mean, you got Ahmad Ashkenani winning the Arnold, then this happens. It's like, it's exciting to me. But not being able to see it is a huge bummer. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. And and I've said this, I, I don't know how long ago, probably back when I saw Nathan Deasha and Victor Martinez and when Ruley came over and, you know, just seeing what happened to Rami last year. I mean, I'm I'm so impressed with Oxygen Gym and and Bader and everything that's going on over in Kuwait. That literally, I, I don't I don't know what they're doing over there, but I want to know what the secret is because I I would love to do the same type of thing here in the United States. I, I mean, it, my mind is blown how you can take somebody who had such a great potential in the industry like Brandon Curry did, where he came out like gangbusters. People are like, this guy is going to you know blow up 
the sport of bodybuilding. And like you said, you know, he didn't place well. Then he stopped. You know, he disappeared for a while. Then he came back, and people were like, "He's he's just no good. You just you know, write him off, sail into the sun, you know, ride into the sunset, and and just be done." And then I started seeing the pictures of him over in Kuwait, and I'm like, "Okay, you know what's what's going on with this?" And then more progress pics came, and I'm going, "Okay, where's this going to go?" And then you know, a couple weeks ago, you saw basically his prep for New Zealand, and I'm thinking this dude is going to make a splash like a big splash now i didn't think we all know that there there's some politics in bodybuilding um being that it was in new zealand i didn't think that they were going to come into play and clearly they didn't but brandon looked great from the very few photos that that i saw and and we'll touch on this later about how this can go into the Olympia between Phil and Cedric and Dallas and, and everything that has taken place since the Arnold. But Brandon Curry looked better than I've ever seen him. I saw side-by-side photos of, of him at the show and then him one year ago from the back. I mean, his back, his hamstrings, his glutes, everything just exploded. I mean, I, I couldn't even tell you how many pounds of muscle he put on uh, in the last year to, to, to look that different. I mean, I saw a uh, – I, I, if I remember correctly because there wasn't very many photos, I think it was a back double buy where he was standing next to Dallas at the New Zealand show. And I was like, holy shit. Like he, he just completely blew Dallas away. And it's not like Dallas had a great back to begin with, but – it just further like exacerbated his his back. I mean, if anything, like Dallas should have just walked off the stage after the back shot. I mean, Dallas coming off of a second place finish at at the Arnold, you would think should be the clear winner for New Zealand. And Brandon Curry just walked in. He was like, "No, sit down." Yeah. And, and I mean, he he took it mm-hmm. from Dallas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was no uh he beat him. I mean, like he beat him. He was he was that good. And some of the pictures, I mean, it's just there's just there's a reason that we've been kind of holding on to the to the thought of or the dream even of Brandon Curry putting on 15 pounds of muscle and coming in harder cuz we're like he'll beat anybody. And if you look, I mean, the front double bicep is and you know what? He may have – I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure that they're doing a lot of SEO shit in, in Kuwait. I mean, I would oh, yeah. put money on that. But I just feel like if you can do – if you can take sight enhancement oil and make it look like re, like totally real muscle, I'm fine with it to be honest with you. It's when – if I can tell, if I'm like, oh, yeah, totally – you know, that's totally oiled up, then it's like you should just get last place and you suck. Like a lot of guys, but if you can somehow you are able to do it in a way that makes you look, um, it, it doesn't look bad. I, I think th- I really, I mean, how can you really fault that? I mean, how do you, how would you know the difference anyways at, at that point? So I think Brandon may have partaken in that, but if he did, my point is you can't really tell. He looks like real muscle. 
And even though his his like his biceps are f- insane, they're so huge and round, but they don't look like they they don't look wrong. They look like huge round biceps. They don't look yeah. funny. They don't look soft. They don't look lumpy. And his waist is tiny little waist. I mean, he's he's crazy. He really is like insane looking. And uh, another thing you gotta you gotta take into account here is the size of Dallas McCarver. Dallas McCarver at this show is probably 280 pounds on stage, high 270s. And at no point does he like dwarf Brandon Curry. It's not no. like. You look at Brandon Curry and you say, oh, he's getting – I mean, the guy's 280 pounds, and Brandon Curry is going right at him, shot for shot. He doesn't look small or dwarfed or anything at all. So that that's a testament to how big Brandon Curry is. If he can stand next to Dallas McCarver and not look small and beat him, like I said, what's what would this physique do next to uh, um, Dexter Jackson, who's shorter – than Brandon Curry and can't be bigger. I mean, I don't know. I think this Brandon Curry gives Dexter Jackson a hell of a time on stage, which is saying a lot. I mean, five years ago, that would be like a joke to say that, you know, Brandon Curry came into this show, how I thought Juan Morrell was going to come into the Arnold, you know, with, with Juan taking a year off with Brandon taking some time off. I saw both of their prep pictures, obviously Brandon before this show, Juan before the Arnold, and, you know, it, Juan looked good in in his pre-contest picks, you know, leading up to it, and, you know, obviously things can change between then and the contest, and obviously once you step on stage and you go stand side by side with the other competitors, I mean, everything changes at that point. But Brandon Curry, holy smokes. Like every shot that I saw of him that was next to Dallas just made Dallas look terrible. I mean, I th- I think what Brandon did to Dallas in New Zealand is the exact same thing that Cedric did to Dallas in Columbus. I mean, Brandon made it look like not that Dallas just got into the industry, even though he, he kind of did. Um, but Brandon, I, I've hands down, I, I, I give it to him. He brought it. Whatever he did over in Kuwait definitely worked. Um, like you said, if it's SEO, you, you can't tell. I mean, there are those guys. And, and I mean, we made fun of the one guy. Uh, it was probably like back in June of, of last year who was shooting up his, his shoulders and he looked like he had horns. But right. uh, yeah, I mean, Brandon, it, it looked very natural. And I'm sure I'm sure they're doing some type of SEO over there. Um, just the way that these guys are coming back to the States after – spending a few weeks to a few months there that it's that's not normal i mean they're coming back just massive freaks but uh i think it has a whole new dimension to to this season i mean who would have thought that brandon curry was going to come in and make a splash and and totally take this from dallas mccarver totally knock juan morrell out of out of the loop here i mean he completely shook up the start of this season yeah he did uh Honestly, this season has started. I mean, this is this is a dynamite start to a season. It really is. I mean, to see to have Cedric win the Arnold and and the speech that followed and all that greatness, <laughs> and then to have Brandon Curry fulfill his destiny. And, and I mean, man, 
for the first two shows of the season, this year is shaping up to be phenomenal because you potentially, I mean, this is going to parlay us into our next topic, but you almost could say at the first two shows of the season, you had guys that you, you have two guys emerge as possible threats to Phil Heath at both shows who you really didn't think would be possible threats in the past. Maybe a little bit Cedric, but definitely not Brandon Curry. I mean, it sounds crazy, but how long until the Olympia? Six months? I, I don't know. If if Brandon Curry puts on 5% more size and comes in a little harder, you know, let's say he's five pounds heavier, three pounds heavier, but even in crisper condition. I mean, and Phil Heath is off. Who knows? Those guys can go, can go back and forth. And then with Cedric McMillan, I mean – the physique he showed, he'll make – I think Cedric is one of the few guys who can make Phil Heath look small. Um, he made Dallas McCarver look normal. So, at 285 pounds or whatever he was there. So, I mean, Phil Heath, well, he has those otherworldly shoulders and arms that he flares out there and, and, and overwhelms people with. Cedric is way taller, way heavier, just bigger in every way. Um, I think both of these guys are potential, like top three guys at the Olympia right off the bat, uh, in the beginning of the season. So I, I just think that's awesome. But, uh, hey, yeah, and I, I have to give it to you. You were talking last episode about Cedric McMillan going on with Dave and Romano and Aceto on, on the show over on RX. But what was that? It wasn't heady muscle, was it? Is that the one that he was on? It was Heavy Muscle, but they they did a yeah like Heavy Muscle is generally a a radio show, but they made a video a special video version for the post Arnold. I, I kid you not. If if anybody listening to this did not see that video of Palumbo, Romano, Aceto, and Cedric talking about his win, his life, you know what is he gonna do with the money and all that stuff, as soon as you're done listening to this. Go on YouTube and find it. Mm-hmm. I was in tears laughing yeah. so hard. That guy is one of the funniest bodybuilders I have ever heard in my entire life. The shit that that guy said. Literally, I had to pause it a few times because I had my headphones on because my wife watches TV. So I don't want to bug her while she's watching TV with, with my, my stupid bodybuilding stuff. So I'm like, I'm just going right. to put my headphones on. I'm just going to go to my little – I'm just going to zone out, watch this and and enjoy myself. And and literally I was in tears. Finally my wife paused the television. And I looked over cuz I'm like something's going to happen. So I look over to her and she's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "You have to listen to this. You won't believe the shit that comes out of this guy's mouth." So she's like, "Okay, go ahead, play it." So I I quick re- rewind it and I play it for her. She starts crying. She's laughing so hard. This dude is hilarious. So if you haven't mm-hmm. watched that Jeff hit the nail on the head with that one. That's probably one of the best shows that I've ever seen. And Cedric stole the show again. Yeah, he really did. I mean, uh, the I feel like he's beginning to come out of his shell more, and uh, it's 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 something that's amazing to watch. I mean, I was laughing, and so were they. You know, he's just like, I I don't know. He's like, listen. <laughs> Are you guys really mad about this? He's like, just 
Just say it slowly. If you say it slowly, it's impossible to be mad about it. Watch, ready? I'm mad that Cedric hump Arnold's butt on stage. How can you be mad about that? And it's like, it, 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 well, he's well, he's joking. He's totally right. If you if you just sit down, relax, and say it to yourself slow, it's like you're mad about that. It's like not even – he's like, it's just a silly thing. He's like, say it slow to yourself. You realize how silly it is. <laughs> and then, you know, before that, he said the whole the whole thing about, you know, I don't know about y'all, but if another grown man wants me to stand behind him for a, uh, a, a uh, Snapchat picture, I'm more likely going to hump his butt. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> – but the way he said it, like, I obviously do it not even a, a – a, not one sprinkle of justice, but man, it's just, it, it, it's also, it's, it seems so effortless and natural for him too. It just, it just like pours out of his mouth, just hilarious things. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I thought it was, it was a, a phenomenal, a phenomenal interview. And the other thing about Cedric that's cool is he's not, I think, I think he's, he's, he's totally real, you know, he's not, um, He's not doing this to be popular, to be, you know what I mean? This is just who he is, I think. I don't think it's I don't think it's at all artificial. And like I said, it's the opposite of Kai Green. It's not a show. It's not an act. This is exactly how he is. And even when he answers questions about like beating Phil Heath or politics, he's he's real about it. He either tells you, I'm not going to tell you what I really think cuz I'll get in trouble, or he tells you what he really thinks, you know? There's no bullshit really involved which i just think is 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 awesome but and i mean he uh, lives out like in the in the middle of nowhere from what he describes and they kept asking him they're like so cedric you just won like a hundred and twenty thousand dollars in in one night like what does cedric do with that amount of money that you just got like do you save it do you do you go spend it on something like what what do you do with that money and he was like well you know there was a, a plot of land next to mine. I decided, you know, I was going to buy that. And I mean, it's not like this dude's going out and buying Lambos or some fancy house. I mean, he lives in the sticks. I mean, he was recording the video of him sitting what looked like on his front porch step, which is, you know, he's surrounded by not only trees, but it almost looks like he, he lives almost like in a, in a log cabin, if I had to guess. Right. Um, yep. I, I haven't seen it, but just from the looks of, of where he was and, and the, from the steps, that's what it appeared like. But, I mean, I would love to hang out with this dude and just sit down and talk and, and get to know him. And I'm sure literally just learning about him, it, it would just be like one nonstop, hilarious laugh fest. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think <laughs> uh, – and you got to imagine – when he's not on camera, he's probably even more outlandish. I mean, you can imagine the things he probably says. I mean, I don't think you could even. Chris Aceto said on one of the on one of the radio shows, he's like, he goes, "I literally have to prepare myself when when I see Cedric is calling me, because <laughs> I, I'm crying every conversation. I'm choking and crying. He's like, I gotta. He's like, I have to literally, physically, like mentally prepare to talk to Cedric." You know, it's true. You can see if he's that funny on an interview that he knows a million people are going to see, man, in, in, in private, you know, I just think pff, he'd be, he'd be so funny. It'd be, it would be hard to even stay around him very long, <laughs> but yeah, that's a, it was a great interview. And I think, 
I don't know. I I don't know how much or if at all this is affecting like his his stance with the with the IFPB and in and being like a political because I guess you could say a lot of this stuff is not something they'd want to put out there uh, if they're you know if they're you know if they if they if they're kind of tight asses and they want want to try to keep this artificially squeaky clean um, you know reputation that they don't have anyways. I think there could be an argument made that he's hurting his stock from a from a political perspective. But I don't know, it could be the opposite. It's it's possible that the powers that be are looking at him right now and just saying, "Man, this guy is a like like similar to we, how we are." Like, yeah, he kind of toes the line, but this is exactly what we need. In which case, maybe he could challenge Phil Heath um come September, but I don't see any reason why Phil Heath. I'm a, I'm a Phil Heath supporter, and Phil Heath is unbelievable, um, better than unbelievable. I I just think there's nothing about like Kai Green had certain qualities that made it impossible for him to beat Phil Heath. He didn't have the he just shouldn't have it. I don't think Kai Green was bigger. He could get close to his hard but it was rare, but he had that squatty bullfrog look still. And, and Phil had yeah. a, a whole different type of roundness in, in like plastic clay looking muscle than Kai did. Um, but Cedric has, doesn't necessarily have the same roundness and, and plastic figurine look, but he, he has like a giant look to him. He's he, he open up he opens up so much on his shots and he looks so tall and wide and huge. That's something that Phil Heath and Kai Green both completely lack. He makes guys like Juan Morel look little, and Juan Morel is like six foot tall and he's a monster, wide as can be. But next to Cedric, he looks small. I think Cedric is is just way way bigger than people think, and nobody really has that sort of colossal size with the same structure and flow that he has it's 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 hyper unique uh in bodybuilding to have that sort of size i mean he's like a marcus rule size guy with like uh you know more closer to sean ray type put together so i mean um i just think if, if you're gonna allow phil heath to win based on kind of in uh, a genetic, a, a freaky genetic aspect or quality that nobody else has, which is kind of why how he wins. It's, it's his roundness and his tie-ins and his fullness and that crisp, crazy, the actual way the muscle itself looks is what makes Phil Heath win. I mean, he's got a narrow chest. He's not the widest guy. Um, he doesn't have the prettiest midsection, but that's not how he wins. He wins through that crazy detail and roundness well if and if Cedric doesn't have that well he does have something that Phil doesn't have or or anyone else even even um Dallas who's a monster doesn't have that the look that Cedric does it's totally different it's like a it's like to to put it to how it affects you when you look at it 
a good analogy would be like Dallas is looking at like a a huge um, rhinoceros or elephant or giraffe. You know, animals that are huge that you always see are huge. Whereas Cedric is like looking at a giant lion or tiger. It's a totally different. Like, yeah, they're both huge animals, but one is something you never see that huge. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Cedric is like a huge puma, like a a puma that's ten feet tall. Whereas Dallas is like a huge animal that's that's just a huge that that's a huge animal that we see a lot of. I mean, elephants are always huge. Rhinoceroses are always huge. It's like it's like this a huge amount of mass, but it's not something that's ever that big. Um, other bodybuilders are that big and have been that big throughout history, but they've never been that type of bodybuilder at that size. That smooth. I mean, his posing is like he poses like fucking Hide. He's got shape like Flex Wheeler, and he's got tie-ins like you know, almost like Phil Heath. It's, it's, it's insane. It really is. But the one thing I will say about him facing Phil Heath, this kind of conditioning, there's no way they're going to let him beat Phil Heath because they're going to turn around. I mean, he was in really good condition, but I don't think he could ever beat Phil Heath with the condition we saw at the Arnold. I don't, I just don't think they're going to allow that to happen. No, I agree. I don't, I don't see that happening. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what I would love to see though. And I think it would really help the sport if if somebody like Generation Iron, if Flex and Vlad got together and they put together a show that surrounded Cedric. It, it could be a day in the life. It could be a, a week in the life. It could be whatever following him during a prep. It doesn't matter. I think if they can get, you know, his his funny side out in the open more than what we saw in the interviews and and the post-show comments from the Arnold and and all of those things, and just let Cedric be Cedric and and do like a day in the life, I think it would blow up the sport. I think people would watch that because it, it, if you talk to anybody on the street and you say what what do you think of bodybuilders? What comes? What's the one thing that you would say when you hear the word bodybuilder? And they think you know meathead dumb uh you know that they pick stuff up put it down um yep. you know that they, they, they're just all about size there's there's no substance nothing going on upstairs they eat a lot of protein i mean which you know hey you know a lot of those things we like protein we like to lift things up and put it down and, and all that stuff egotistical they, yeah exactly it's like if they could see the funny side of the sport and get to know the competitors a little bit better i mean i would put cedric up, you know, head to head with any athlete from any sport, whether it be baseball, basketball, football, hockey, golf, swimming, I don't care what sport it is, and and do a day in the life. And I can guarantee by the end of it, if you don't talk about uh, it, and let's let's put it this way, nobody knows who Cedric McMillan is in the mainstream. So find another athlete, say in the NFL, who is not mainstream. Nobody knows that he's in the NFL. Do two documentaries on him. I guarantee by the end of it, people are going to think that Cedric is freaking hilarious. And then when they say, oh, yeah, he's a bodybuilder, they're going to go, what? Yeah. I, I think he's, he's <laughs> he has that type of personality and that type of persona that he mm -hmm. could engage more people than any other athlete that's out there right now. 
Yeah, I, I, I think um, it's interesting you just said that, and now I'm thinking about it because you said it, about other athletes in other sports. I, I think last week I talked about how there's no second place to him in bodybuilding. You can talk about Jay or Ronnie. They're all worthless on camera, literally worthless on camera compared to Cedric. Um, but even if you look at other sports, I don't think on as a day in the life or on Conan or on a reality show, whatever you want to do with, with Cedric, I don't know that there's any other athlete in any other sport who is, who is good. We'll say, I mean, there's probably somebody, you know, who, there's so many other athletes. It's hard to say there wouldn't be another one. There are probably athletes out there who were successful actors at one point and shit. But I mean, by and large, I can't think of another athlete that would even come close to Cedric nope. in regards to like, putting on a show on a late night television or a talk show or a day in the life or reality series. I just don't think anyone would even be close. Maybe um, like Von Miller or somebody like that, but I, I yeah, can't I mean, see anybody but, else, but I mean, everybody knows who he is now because he's been in commercials and he would, and he would, uh, the, the difference though is Cedric would be popular and amazing on those outlets because of positive stuff. Like, you could make a day in the life with, you know, any athlete that's doing bad things or sleazy things, and it'll be popular because that's what people like. You know, if you have a, a show about how such and such running back, you know, sees how many different girls he can bring home in a week, and that's the TV show, it'll be popular, I promise you, because that's what people like that crap. But... With Cedric, he could make it popular on positive things, like positive messages. Um, yeah, there's going to be vulgar language and dirty jokes and stuff, but those are it's jokes. I mean, come on. There's not going to be any, like, it, you know what I mean? It's all going to be positive, good stuff um, that you would take away from it, which is makes it different, in my opinion. Um, it's not like the, the Kardashians or something, you know, just brainless drivel that is just it's just nothing um it, it would be it would be a lot different than that but and you know like i said I, I just don't think i don't know if cedric is about that i don't know if he would do a day in the life even if even if it was projected to be this great undertaking in bodybuilding i don't know if he would i just feel like if he would i i feel as if he would have more social media and stuff like that as it is i mean i don't think the guy has a youtube channel I mean, that's kind of crazy because I can't imagine. Imagine if Cedric had a YouTube channel. It'd probably be the highest viewed YouTube channel inside of like uh, six months of all the bodybuilders. I mean, it's just how, how can you even compete with that guy? What, are you going to watch Jay Cutler or Evan Senapani? Like, I love Evan's YouTube channel. But, I mean, compared to Cedric, Cedric is like watching – uh, you know, it's like watching Jim Carrey's YouTube channel or something. It's a whole different level of of entertainment and enlightenment. Yeah, I mean, I wish he would do more. I know he's he's very, um, I don't want to say he he totally keeps to himself, but I, I guess let's call a spade a spade. Um, you know, he, he's not out in the public eye. He's not out doing things. He's not living that lavish lifestyle where, you know, it's the glitz and glamour and, and he wants all the, all the bright lights to be on him. Like that's not him. 
And, and I think that's why more people would relate and appreciate him and the sport and what he's doing for the industry and all of that more because he's grounded, because he's humble. You know, he's he's not the guy going out there saying, you know, I'm going to beat everybody. You know, he's the guy who after he goes out and beats everybody, he brings everybody back and makes it a an us thing. Like, I won, but no, we won. You know, the sport won. Uh, you know, it's – man, I wish – Manion would get behind this. I don't. I don't know if if there's some reason why they're not trying to capitalize on this, and and push him to the forefront. I don't know if it's like a respect thing that they want to let Phil be the guy, even though Phil's not doing shit for the industry. Let me say this: I I love Phil. I've worked with Phil with Metrex. Um, I've got to know him on a personal level. We we got to hang out at different events and hotels and we went out to eat and, and all this stuff. I love Phil. You know, I, I hope Phil wins 10 Olympias, you know, and continues his reign. I'm okay with that. But Phil is doing absolutely dick for the industry. He's, he's really not out there helping the industry, growing the sport, you know, showing that, that he's trying to be a good ambassador. I mean, yes, he does his, his, you know, expos and, and some guest appearances and stuff like that, but he's not doing anything that that's really making a difference in the industry. Everybody already knows who he is. So going out and, and doing all these, you know, meet and greets and stuff like that. Okay. It's good for his fans, but it's really not doing anything for the sport to help it grow and get more engagement and bring people in you know, he's not going out and, and talking or, you know, going and talking to kids or going and doing this or that or whatever. Like, I just I want somebody to be out there and do something like that. I, I think Cedric is that person. I think if if Mannion would actually sit down and take a good, long, hard look at things, I think he would see that Cedric is the perfect fit to be, you know, the head of the, the sport, to be that ambassador at the military background. I think a lot of the people would relate to that and respect what he's done in that part of his career. And then coming back to the civilian side of things and then being a bodybuilder on top of it. And it just so happens, dude, is funny as hell. Like, why why wouldn't they want this dude on Generation Iron, on RX, going out and doing meet and greets, going to schools and talking about fitness? I mean, there's so much that this dude could do. That I wish the IFBB would take their thumb out of their ass and start thinking about how they can actually grow and scale the IFBB in the sport of bodybuilding. Because right now, it's not going anywhere. All they're doing is hoping that we get some new fresh blood in the sport and that you know that's going to keep the industry going and we're going to create new divisions. And that's all fine and dandy, but you're only reaching the people that are already in the industry. You're not going out and making it more mainstream. I mean, I get it. Maybe they don't want it to be mainstream, but they can go out and engage more people for health and fitness, not just the bodybuilding side of things that I think they're totally missing the the boat on. And I mean, you guys listening, you might think Matt's completely off his rocker who, who gives a shit. But, you know, I wish that we would do more for the sport to help those with health and fitness in general 
and, and engage more people to show that, look, bodybuilding is not just that sport of meatheads and idiots. And we go up in you know, little bikini trunks and we pose and we put oil on and all oh, that's so gay. And look at those homos up there. And why are they saying they're looking at their ass and talking about glutes and glute ham tie-ins and what the fuck are they talking about and all this nonsense? You know, maybe they would actually appreciate it. People would get into health and fitness. They start working out. They appreciate the hard work that these guys go to and put through. I mean, after a year in the gym, this dude's like, all right, I got little 13-inch you know, pythons that I'm showing off on the beach. Meanwhile, this cat over here has got 24-inch guns. You know, how do I how do I get those? I've been working, you know, busting my ass for a whole year to look like this. I can't imagine what that dude must be doing. I think it would just bring a whole new appreciation to the sport of bodybuilding and engage more people. It definitely would. I th- I don't know if Cedric. Uh, I mean, one thing I wanted to say is, you talk about what Phil has done for bodybuilding. I think, for the most part. Uh, now there are little things here or there you could point to. I'm talking about in general, the big picture. I feel like as far as what, what Mr. Olympias have done for bodybuilding, I think Arnold did 99% of it. Lee Haney did 1% and everything else. That's it. No one else has anything. Like if you had to, if you had to say, what did Ronnie do for the bodybuilding industry? What did Jay do? What did Dorian do? What did, you know, Dexter do? What did Phil do? I mean, they really don't do anything different than anyone else. I mean, because they're Mr. Olympia, they go to more appearances and shit. But, like, come on. You go to appearances because you get paid, and that's your job, basically. Yeah, it's like, about I know them. you don't have to go, but it's not like you don't really do anything for bodybuilding. You don't go on to bigger things and get back to bodybuilding. You don't get out there on national TV and shit. It's like nobody really does anything for bodybuilding. They're on, like, these once a year bullshit sports shows local and they get made fun of basically there's no can you imagine cedric like when when phil heath goes on espn can you imagine cedric on that interview can you imagine like these fucking retards trying to like ask him steroid questions and stuff how badly he would dominate them he would turn it around on them so fast and be like yo man let me ask you something and he would he would he would he would just own that interview so bad you know it'd probably go viral you have like Phil Heath and Kai Green just cowering and acting, trying to act PC. It's just not. I don't think I don't know that uh, Cedric could fix bodybuilding or really make that big of a difference as Mr. Olympia, or if or that he would. Um, but if anyone can, it's definitely him. Uh, I just don't see how anything you can think of. That would be under the under the umbrella of doing anything that would 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 fit under the umbrella of being good for the industry and the industry's growth and health. Anything of that realm, Cedric will be better at than any other guy, including Phil Heath and Dallas McCarver and and Sean Roden and Dexter. All like anything you can think of that would be good for whether it's visiting kids or getting on TV or you know anything like that, it, it would be he would be better at it than anyone else. So by default, he's the best guy for that job. Now that doesn't mean that it would work because you never really know how people will respond, and you also never you also don't know just because like let's say he wins the Olympia, that doesn't mean he's going to become Mister, you know. He might do nothing. 
He might go back to his little his 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 log cabin and do nothing uh, for being you know as Mr. Olympia. So it's not like yes, he has the best chance, and he's probably the only one that has the ability to do it. But I question more not whether he can do it, but whether he would do it. Well, I I question why <laughs> nobody else has done anything after they won to help promote the sport. I mean, let's let's think about this. So let's go back to Ronnie Coleman. What did Ronnie do after he, he stopped winning the Olympia? He, he created Ronnie Coleman Signature Series. What happened to Jay after he stopped winning the Olympia? He created Cutler Nutrition. What did you know? What did Dexter do after he won in 2008? Oh, he's got Blade Nutrition, which failed miserably. So then what happened when, when Phil finally came and, and beat Jay? Well, now Phil had Gifted Nutrition and Gifted Athletics, which Gifted Nutrition failed miserably, which he still has his apparel company. It Everything surrounded them. Like it was a springboard it's, for it's them. It's all the same too. They all did the same exact thing. They all did the same amount of nothing. Exactly. And that's what I'm getting at. Like we we have yet to have one good ambassador for the sport since, you know, the the golden era, you know, back back when, you know, Arnold was was, you know, the front runner and and the poster boy of of the industry. Nobody really since then has has done much. I, I just I don't get it. I it makes me question why they're in the industry. Do you do you love the industry for what it is, or do you love the industry for what it can do for you? Like, what what is your reason for jumping on stage? And I get it, you know, it's it's you versus you type of mentality, but it's also nice to get up there and prove that you know you're the biggest baddest mofo on the stage that that you're gonna win it and take the take the title and all that stuff. But you know, it's it's really what you do after you win that that shows who you are as a person. Do you just go back and you you keep training again and put your head down and you know, and that's your style or, you know, do you do that? But then you also try and help other people get out there, help the sport. I mean, I just I just don't understand. And and that goes for everybody from from Kai to and obviously, you know, we're not talking about strict Olympia winners at this point. But you look at Kai, you look at Roden, you you know, you look at you can go down the list. I don't care. You can throw out any bodybuilder's name from from this era, you know, today and, and say, what have you done for the sport? And you would hear crickets. There would be nothing. They, they don't do anything. They're so self-centered that everything is me, 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 me. I'm going to train. I'm going to eat. I'm going to rest. Well, I, I can't travel there and, and do a photo op and do a signing and all that stuff. I have to prep for this show. It's like nobody's doing anything to truly give back to the sport. I mean, if you want to give back to the sport, then fly out on your dime, you know, whatever time of the year and go sign autographs and do all that without getting paid. How right. many people? How many people are going to do that? Do you want to give back to the sport, or is this just another, just another payday? Done. And I get it. Yeah. You know, hey, it's it's a job, and and you treat your your bodybuilding persona as a business, and and you have the right to do that. But what are you really doing to help the sport? Not a damn thing. Uh, that's that's my message. We need somebody who can, who's willing to go out, and I don't care if you're paid or not. Don't go do a signing. Don't go sign autographs and take pictures and shake hands and kiss babies and all that bullshit. Everybody does that. That's that's not out of the norm. What does that do for the industry? I don't understand. That's what they all say. They're all like, well, I do so many appearances. I go to hospitals. It's like, yeah, but okay. Like you just – those are appearances you're doing. It's not helping 
everyone there is already into bodybuilding. You're not expanding it. Like, I'm talking about things that are, you know, that are mainstream and out there. Like, getting on talk shows and stuff like that. Or doing things that are not in our industry. It's just, it's, people don't, they do, they, they, they do their appearances all over the world and they think they're doing a ton for the industry. It's like, well, you're not really. What's, what's the difference then to, from being a Mr. Olympia and being second or third? They all do that all the time. They all do tons of appearances. Yeah, it, it's, it's ridiculous. And, and half the time you're, you're arguing with them about their appearances because, you know, it, per their contract, they have to do so many. And obviously they don't want to do anything around, uh, you know, a competition. So that narrows the gap of, of when you can actually do it. And obviously you don't want to send some fat slob of a bodybuilder out to do a, a meet and greet and sign, you know, photos and take pictures and all that stuff. You know, it, it the start of their off season when they're a sloppy 300 plus pounds, you want them to at least be in shape and look the part and, and stuff like that. It's, it, it, you're walking that fine line and, and that's kind of where, and we've talked about this before, like what's, what's an athlete's worth to, to a brand these days, to a supplement company, to any type of business. It, there, there really isn't any. They, they don't bring anything to the table that is, is going to help a company grow. I mean, nobody believes half the shit that they say anymore. I took product X, Y, and Z for my prep. No, you didn't. Fuck you. You didn't take that. We all know what you took. Like, we're not stupid. You know, maybe in the 90s that would have worked. I took Celtech. That's why I'm Mr. Olympia. Oh, cool. I'm going to go buy Celtech. Nobody is that stupid anymore that nope. they're going to be like, oh, I need to go buy this product or that product because Phil Heath, Mr. Olympia, he takes it. Or I want to look like the Predator. Look how crazy he looks. I'm going to go take dynamic muscle. Like, nobody believes that stuff anymore. So an athlete's worth these days is absolutely swadoosh. There's nothing. It, it's goose eggs. So I just don't understand. How, what are you bringing to the industry? If you're not helping supplement companies build, you know, their business and bring in money like you were back in the day, what what is your worth in the industry other than getting up on stage and selling tickets and putting butts in seats? You're not motivating anybody really because you're you're not out in in the in the industry really talking to people other than these goofy meet and greets. I, I just don't get right. it. We have no we have no ambassadors for this sport, and that's a shame. Right, it really is now. One thing that hasn't been brought up yet by anyone, I don't think, which kind of blows my mind. Um, so it's 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 kind of obvious at this point that it seems like Arnold and Cedric have a fairly good relationship. Like they yeah. probably. So with that said, I mean, you he gotta think him. what. I mean, he humped. Yeah, they right, be, he humped his butt. Yeah, but I'm thinking, what if? What are the chances that Arnold? gets Cedric into Hollywood because there's no better. I mean, there's, there's no better entry into Hollywood than being buddies with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, he makes a new movie every, like every couple, it seems like every couple months, you know, the guy is one of the biggest Hollywood film stars of all time. So, I mean, I feel like if, because Arnold can no longer be that guy, I mean, he doesn't look like he did in 1982. I wonder if he could take Cedric and almost recreate that style of movie that he used to be in. The commando. And make it more modern with Cedric. Because, I mean, I don't know. I think I think 
the idea that Arnold hasn't had those I mean there's no way that Arnold hasn't thought of that right I mean I feel like with with the way that Cedric is the way he looks the way he acts the way he's his humor I can't imagine that Arnold being as entrenched in Hollywood as he is hasn't had that that those sort of those sort of thoughts uh, about Cedric I mean he's had to have Maybe not. Maybe he sees something I don't, and he's like, this guy would be a disaster. But I don't know. I think uh, – I don't know. I, I think that's a possibility at this point because, I mean, if 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 they're working on a movie or whatever and there's a – they need a they need a, a big, muscular, large character, I mean, you would think Arnold will go right to Cedric McMillan. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, literally, as you were saying, movies, I mean, Cedric would fit the role of Commando perfectly. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, with his background, his size, I mean, it would be, you know, basically just throwing Arnold in again. But uh, there's just so much that he can do. I mean, we could probably spend three hours talking about all the stuff that Cedric could do, not only for the industry, but, you know, the, the, the you know mass market and the mainstream and, and everything else with with the type of person that he is his personality his his humor it's it's really endless what what the possibility is with this guy and I think that's why both of us are kind of sitting here going what why is nobody thinking about this why isn't Jim Mannion you know talking to all these people and like you just brought it up like maybe Arnold is trying to get him into you know acting and get him into Hollywood and it, my question would be would he even want to do that, Cedric? Not not Arnold. Would Cedric even want to do that? We all know that he's very reserved. You know, he lives out in the middle of nowhere, a log cabin. It's not like he's living in L.A. or Beverly Hills, up on the hill, driving. You know, the Bentley or you know whatever. I don't know if he would even want to do that. But there's just so many things that he could be doing, and I completely agree with everything that you just said. That you know can not only help him but but help the industry as a whole and, and stop the this this nonsense of of the opinion that people think uh the you know the stereotype of of bodybuilders oh you know they're just a bunch of meatheads they're egotistical they're idiots they're, you know whatever i think it would shut a lot of that down when they see you know this is a real person yes he's big yes he has a brain yes he's got uh, you know, uh, humility and, you know, he's humorous and all these other things. I think it, I think it would just help the sport in general. I, I just don't know what else to say. I mean, if, if Jim Mannion and the IFBB can't see this or if Arnold can't see this, I mean, it it makes you almost want to go knock on their skull and be like, is there anything in there? Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. He's a, um, a very, very special, unique tool that needs to be used uh, by our powers that be because we're in trying times in, in bodybuilding and uh, a guy like this doesn't, you know, he comes around once in a lifetime if that. So I think he definitely needs to be utilized uh, more efficiently than he is. But um, that'll bring us to the end of another episode of Central Bodybuilding brought to you by Iron Mag Labs. Um, Iron Mag Labs is the supporter of the show, so check them out at ironmaglabs.com. Uh, as well as ironmagresearch.com. You can use coupon code JEFF15 at both sites for 15% off at checkout. That's G-E-O-F-F-1-5 for 15% off at checkout. 
Uh, IronMagazine.com is where this show is aired. Um, it's also on iTunes, uh, but Iron Magazine, you can see our all our articles. Check out my Arnold preview article because I was I was right on both the winners, and I think I got both my top fives right. I just screwed up the order. Juan Morrell really kind of screwed me over on that because I thought he was going to be second. Um, but besides that, my, my picks were actually very, very dead on. So uh, I'm proud of that. <laughs> yeah, nicely because done. It, because they've been off for like uh, my whole writing career, and now they're finally good <laughs> once. But, we'll call uh, you the schwami. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's it. Um, uh, check out, like I said, check out ironmagazine.com and all Matt's articles over there. Um, we did made a joke the other day how it should be called ironmagazine.com. Yeah, buddy. Because you, because you got so much content over there. It's really crazy. Matt pumps out content like nobody I've seen. So uh, that's that. Um, we need to utilize Cedric McMillan more, obviously. Um, I, I feel like we're going to be talking about him a lot. Um, congratulations to Brandon Curry on his win in New Zealand over Dallas McCarver. Um, best wishes to George and his family. I hope he gets better. Uh, not a guy we want to lose in this industry, that's for sure. And uh, that's it. Until next week, take it easy, everyone. We are out.